Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune, March the 4th, 2017. It is good to be with you. It's a great pleasure and an honor to be here uh, broadcasting the entire span of the globe. I've got a lot of important things to talk about today. Uh, We are going to be covering uh, some more politics. I know that Brian and I normally don't do this, but... We've got some appointments this past week that's going on. We also have uh, things coming up as far as celestial somology goes, some things to look at uh, with holidays that are coming up. We also have very strange news uh, concerning NASA, uh, things that just absolutely don't make sense or are kind of off the charts. As Brian and I get together and put our notes together, Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. We are most certainly headed down a path at breakneck speed toward the fulfillment of a great deal of the many things in Bible prophecy. Sit back, buckle your seatbelts, and put your trays in the upright position for the coming of Christ the King is at hand. You're going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie. Let's ride.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. It's good to be with you uh, this week. Oh, my goodness, Bri. We've got so much going on. It's just, just off the charts. As I go back to the social networking site and scroll all the way back to what we published, the first thing that we published after last week's show, uh, just off the charts, Brian. I really don't know what to say, uh, but I also want to get your thoughts on, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you uh, you join Brian and I as we rejoice. Uh, we got reason to celebrate here. We've made it to the pole position in the most popular in current events on BTR. Uh, it's been a long struggle uh, with BTR that Brian and I have had. Everybody knows that we started back in May of 2010. Uh, the account uh, has went through, oh my goodness, much tribulation. We've had multiple uh, co-hosts before. Uh, a couple of them, of course, deleted all of our episodes. So the majority of all the broadcasts that we did are, are gone. But uh, it's been a long fight uh, getting back to the pole position. Um, I'm pretty excited about that, Bri, and uh, your your feelings on it. And I and I hope that everybody celebrates with us because it's, it's been a long haul, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been an entertaining one, that's for certain. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's kind of nice after the old uh, YouTube fiasco, I suppose, but I don't know if too many people are familiar with that, and it's not one I really want to go into. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on it for a second. Ladies and gentlemen, we were just going off the charts over there on uh, the Bands of Time on YouTube. Um, Brian and I really don't know what to think about it. We were getting, you know, uh, sometimes we were getting like 3,000 views an hour. And then all of a sudden, uh, we put out, they put out this thing about screening news. Uh, Google's going to start screening news. And all of a sudden, uh, our views just crashed. Like uh, that very week, it just crashed. So, Brian, I didn't know what was going on. I I think that they can't see it in, in their feeds or something. I don't know if when people search for it, they they're not permitted to see it now, or what? I'm not sure what's going on over there, but that's all right. Um, you know, the Lord wasn't uh, judging us or whatever. That's just one of his call signs to, hey, time to switch, uh, switch it back up. No problem. <laughs> no no problem whatsoever. So this this broadcast, we have the original URL. So um, it's been live and active since, uh, like I said, May 2010. We've been at this. So um, it's it's taken quite a few weeks, I think, for everybody to, to realize that we were back in the saddle and riding. Uh, but, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you go to uh, the Bands of Time YouTube and you look at the views and they don't make any sense. It was obvious that somebody was restricting our views or they weren't allowing the views to be countered because what's on there now, we would have that many just from the United States. So uh, globally, we would usually do about well, five, 6,000 views from overseas at least. I mean, like I said, we've, there's been times we had that many views per hour. So it's okay. It's no big deal. I understand if uh, Google 
you know, or whoever is trying to protect people uh, from ISIS ads and all that, I, I understand. No big deal. Uh, oh, we just, we just, we just switch it up and and go a different direction. Hello. So, hello, Brian. Why are you yelling hello? Yes, and don't sit there and give me your crap. I knew you were pulling this garbage yesterday, so don't even start with me. <laughs> hey, Brian, you're on air, buddy. Brian, you're on air. Hold on. <laughs> oh, man. More entertainment as Brian is on the air arguing with Tiana. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Good stuff. But anyway, it's been a, a long haul, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we are uh, very grateful to be back in the pool position. Uh, we've got lots to talk about this week, uh, but right out of the gates, I want to talk about these uh, things that were going on, Brian, uh, you sent me four links, and I had real trouble opening those links. They kept locking up. It took me a day to figure out how to do it. I had to wait for the little icon to go to the reader version uh, to do it because it was locking up my browser. So why don't you talk about these nominations, and more importantly, why on earth were they conducted at Trump Tower? I'm not altogether clear on why they wouldn't have been done in the Oval Office. Uh, so this is kind of disturbing to me, but uh, why don't you share with everybody those uh, links that you just sent me yesterday and talk about it a little bit. Uh, this is disturbing to me that they were not done in the Oval Office. I'm not sure why these meetings were held at Trump Tower. So go for it, Bri. Of course, Brian, you might need to unmute oh, yourself. All right, just a moment here. All right. Well, I mean, I can pretty much pull all this stuff off the top of my head without the stories. Um, basically, throughout the week, it had been found out that Jeff Sessions, who was the uh, who's the attorney general, had been having continued contact with Russia. Are not continued. He had uh, at least one, maybe two meetings with one of the uh, Russian ambassadors during the time of the election. Um, it's turned out now on top of it that uh, Jared Kushner and uh, Michael Flynn, who Jared Kushner is his uh, son-in-law, were having meetings in, of all places, Trump Tower with the Russian ambassador. Now, I'm sorry, folks, but would you care to explain to me what kind of meeting would be going on inside of Trump Tower that's a little bit on the ridiculous side? If you're going to meet with an ambassador of some sort, you would think it would be in a government uh, installation, not some, you know, random place like somebody's quote-unquote home. So that struck me as being a little bit on the ridiculous side. On top of it, there's more and there's more and more and more ties that are continually turning up over and over and over again. And outside of some form of, um, how do I put this? Catastrophic deflection. I don't foresee this going away anytime soon. I don't either. And that, that's what bothers me about it. I mean, isn't it common knowledge that, any type of business of state is supposed to be conducted uh, through 
uh, the controlled environment of the Oval Office. I mean, this just raises all kinds of red flags uh, eight ways to Sunday. This is this is not kosher at all. And Brian, what's what's your thoughts? Do you, do you think uh, there really is ties going on here with Russia uh, that are bad, uh, that are negative, or is Trump playing his role as a businessman? And and this has just got to do with. Uh, I don't know, trade deals or, or whatever, do you think this is nefarious as far as our military goes? Well, that is a tough call to make. Um, see, the problem is, is as far as the Trump ties are connected, that's been hit and miss. But, I mean, you have to realize, folks, and, you know, I get a little bit irritated as we were getting uh, harassed by a relative over the course of the last couple of weeks here that they automatically threw WikiLeaks into the mix. Now, folks, I want to ask you a simple common sense question. Why did WikiLeaks not target the Republicans whatsoever, yet did nothing but target Democrats and Democrats alone? I mean, that, that should have been right then and there. Something should have alarmed you that okay, something's not right about this. But to make matters worse, when the election was going on, Trump makes an announcement live to whomever while he was in the middle of an interview and said, get her emails. And all of a sudden, boom, lo and behold, who is sitting there with him, just magically. So this is where the confusion has been coming in to play you know, some of the terminology that's being used is they hacked the election. Other terminology is stating that they interfered in the election. Now, essentially, when you break it down to an understanding of Matthew's question, you'd more or less basically be pushing for the fact that Russia wants better ties with the United States. Now, is this happening? We turned around and saw something very peculiar happen with the Ukraine this week. As America pulled out funding from the Ukraine, as more of these embargoes are going on, and the whole situation with the Ukraine is still in an absolute and complete mess, it's flared up again now some over the course of the last couple of months. So why, if America was helping due to, say, humanitarian reasons, why would they turn around and pull out funding right in the middle of a massive flare-up taking place again. So, ramifications on this militarily. This one is a tough one to call. It's all dependent on which direction relations with Russia go as we speak. If you take a look, we've had two separate um, resolutions, uh, peace negotiations, essentially, taking place. We had the one that took place just a little while back in Astana, Kazakhstan. But on top of it, you've had the UN that's been in treaty talks as well concerning what's going on in Syria. Now, we have a serious divide as far as the United States agenda concerning Syria and what's going on with Russia concerning Syria. Because Russia and Iran and its allies are want Assad to stay in office. And mind you, I don't have no problems with that. He's the duly elected official. 
But what do we have going on here in the United States? They want the very opposite. So now we have conflicting, uh, what would you say here, agendas hitting the table. And how this is going to play out, we're just going to have to sit back and watch this over time. But, (laughs) well, look, for all these Russian ties to be showing up right and left and all over the place, this is absolutely unprecedented in American history. This is not common And this entire administration continually getting tied into this, I don't foresee it going anywhere pleasant in the near future, unless we have a deflection. Well, it seems like to me we have all kinds of deflection going on. Uh, But I I do need to say this, Brian. I I don't mean to interrupt you, but we we need to give honor where honor is due, ladies and gentlemen. And unfortunately, um... Chris Putnam, uh, many of you might uh, know, he is a religious author. He uh, he put out the uh, book, The Supernatural Worldview, Examining Paranormal, Psy, and uh, the Apocalyptic. Um, he has uh, passed away. Um, I will just read uh, from his obituary um, here that we posted on uh, the End Time Tribune there on Facebook. Uh Chris Putnam, 51, passed away unexpectedly on Wednesday evening, March the 1st, 2017. He was born June the 15th, 1965, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, it goes on to say that uh, he has a master's degree from Liberty University and was a published Christian author. Um, our prayers go out to his friends and family. Um, Chris uh, was a good guy. Uh, we do appreciate that. So, uh, but not to uh, not to take away uh, from this, ladies and gentlemen. You should, uh, if you was blessed by Chris's ministry, which was pretty big, um, I strongly suggest that you send his family a note of condolence. Um, but for the rest of us, uh, Chris has graduated, and we've been left here stuck in the mud. So uh, don't forget to uh, rejoice that Chris did celebrate in his Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, no real reasons to cry, ladies and gentlemen. We should uh, should be quite ticked off that he got promoted before we did. Um, but we, uh, we praise the Lord Jesus Christ and everything that he did through Chris. Um, good stuff. So if you can... Please send uh, send his family a note of your condolences. They would appreciate it. More importantly, so would he. Uh, but we've had all types of this going on, and and I have to to share this because, ladies and gentlemen, this ties part and parcel with isochronal eschatology, and there being shadows and silhouettes through time. As this thing is building up with Trump and the Russians, we're we're not sure where this is going. But we do know that the Lord our God tells us about the coming time when even the treacherous would become very treacherous. And here we have what very well could be an inversion of the prophecy of the highway of return uh, mentioned emphatically in Bible prophecy. This is a headline. 
Palestinian diaspora holds first global conference. Palestinians from 50 countries gather in Istanbul to discuss forming new political entity to represent their views. This is off the charts, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thousands of Palestinians representing diaspora communities from 50 countries have gathered in the Turkish city of Istanbul to discuss establishing a political structure uh, that will represent them better. The Palestine Abort Conference, whose opening events were attended by more than 5,000 people on Saturday, is the first of its kind in terms of inclusivity. Many of the speakers and attendees said they no longer have faith in the Palestinian leadership in the occupied territories because of their failure to deliver tangible outcomes as a result of decades of peace negotiations with Israel. The conference was held among a spat between organizers and the Palestinian Libera Liberation Organization, which was formed in 1964, as a sole legitimate representative to the Palestinian people. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going nowhere good. But you have to come to grips with the simple fact this could be an inversion for the highway of return prophecies concerning the children of Israel. This is very serious, and when I seen this, I just absolutely could not believe it, Brian, that they would be holding this inside the deep state. Uh, that they would go to the very place uh, that Alexander come across the hell spot. Uh, this would be the very place, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Istanbul was, of course, at one time Constantinople. So your your thoughts on where this might possibly be going, Brian, because as far as I'm concerned, it can be going no place good. Did we lose you, Brian? No, he's still on. Sorry, I had to deal is, with stuff on the phone. I didn't exactly hear where you left off. I thought my connection okay. went dead. All right, I just was uh, bringing up that article uh, that the Palestinians just held this conference in Istanbul uh, for their diaspora. And inversion of the highway of return prophecies. What's your thoughts on that being held in the deep state? Well, we had touched on that last week in part, and then a second article was released. Uh, I think it was 11-hour mark before we were on air. That, uh, what was it? There was 50 countries that had showed up at this uh, meeting there in Istanbul, so... I think is it is a bad harbinger. I think this can't go anywhere good. Uh, they're going to continue to, to build their support. And this being in the deep state means that, well, there's other implications to that. Um, we also... Well, the fact uh, alone. well, I was just going to point out quick, we've been having other problems within Turkey this week as well as they've been squabbling back and forth with... Uh, the leader of Germany, I'm not exactly certain what that entails, what started it, because every article that comes up about it gives no background on the circumstance at all. Which is strange in of itself. 
uh, no background, and yet we're told uh, they're at odds with each other. But Brian here is another one uh, that came out right after our show last week uh, in reference to the Shanghai Corporation, ladies and gentlemen. Um, This is the headline. Does the Shanghai Corporation organization help or hurt the U.S.? And this goes through quite a diatribe here um, of what could very well be um, a rising power with considerable uh, power of persuasion. But Brian has pointed out that, ladies and gentlemen, this is probably a direct representation of the kings of the East. So this is how it's always played. At present moment, everybody wants to do trade deals with us, but the Shanghai Corporation is going to be able to exceed uh, the power that we have and the sway that we implement on this planet. But ladies and gentlemen, Brian, it was Brian that shared that with the entire world that this is basically a coalition of the kings of the East. So... Brian, your, your your thoughts on this coming up in the news again. And now, just exactly like you said, I mean, I wish I would have went back and got the clip of you saying that, but you're the one that said this first, uh, that this was going to have serious uh, stability concerns uh, for the United States trade. And here we go. Um that's exactly what this article is talking about. So your thoughts on that, please. Now this group continues to keep moving forward, making powerful strides and definitely catching the uh, world's attention. Now, if you take a look here at the um, member states alone in this, folks, you've got China, you've got Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Russia, Tajikistan, and Uzbekistan. And as far as observer states are concerned, you've got Afghanistan, Belarus, India, Iran, Mongolia, and Pakistan. And concerning resources alone, these nations are the richest in varied resources needed throughout the world. So this is a serious serious, uh, economic superpower. And, you know, folks, you pull up the map and you take a look at this, you can pull it up even on just uh, standard Wikipedia. You know, they're right here where you have the uh, member states listed. Okay, that green swath, that's ancient Central Asia. Now, that's fairly large, folks. That's no small chunk of land on the face of this planet. So I would say continue to keep watching this. And we had another story that goes hand-in-hand with this, as we've had in uh, China, this has been a bit of a problem on and off now for at least a few years, but now it has gone up in, uh, what would you say here, seriousness, I guess. We had an Islamic State video threatening China with rivers of bloodshed. Now, this story itself came out of uh, Al Jazeera News, and if you just catch the top headline right here, Site Intelligence Group says footage from Iger fighters in western Iraq warns China of upcoming attacks. Well, this can go 
a few different ways here. There's some that tie the Igar into the original Turks. Some of them tie them into the Tokarian, a.k.a. the uh, red-haired mummies that were found up by uh, Zion Jing China, whereas others tie these directly into the ancient Hun. And they've had a serious amount of varied uh, terror threats that have taken place in Zion uh, Jing China from this group, and this just continues to build, and it kind of keeps them in a spot where they're always constantly having to keep an eye on this group. And if you've taken any kind of note of the uh, trade routes that have been set up going through out Central Asia and the, what would you say, the railways that are being built throughout there, that's one of the biggest targets they're afraid of them hitting. So, you know, another thing to point out here, too, on top of it is, historically speaking, anytime that they've wanted to keep Central Asia off kilter so they don't become a powerful entity such as the Shanghai Corporation, they've used these Islamic groups to come in and stir up all kinds of trouble throughout areas in Central Asia. And it used to prove to be a very uh, valid tactic that worked in the past. But power this group has made forward, I don't know that that tactic is working too well in their favor anymore. Well, I think that's that's definitely on the plate because uh, we just got some news this week too. I can't remember. It's way up on the news feed. But ladies and gentlemen, it was released in the news uh, that we had an American drone strike in Pakistan, or uh, yeah, in Pakistan. And it took out two people uh, on motorbikes. Just randomly flew in there and took two people out. Uh, that is an act of war, ladies and gentlemen. We we just basically done an act of war against Pakistan for absolutely no reason. But let's put this into biblical perspective. These Igar are a part, make no mistakes about it, of the kings of the east mentioned in the book of Revelation. Now, the problem here being is them attacking uh, their native lands tells me one thing. This is the real kings of the east rising up against the establishment. That's my take on it. It's my take that these Igar are hooking up with Isis in order to disrupt the powers that be the establishment in their respective countries. And they will get it done. And you have to look back into history to understand who these people are. Uh, there was no one ever like Attila the Hun. There was no one like Genghis Khan. They're different. And they will use every means at their disposal. But when they're done with that resource, God help them. So if you think they're going to uh, lie in bed with Isis after they're done using them, you are seriously mistaken. Uh, this is going extremely bad places. As Brian just mentioned, they have these new railways being set up uh, for the Silk Road. The Igar have no intention of the kings of the earth being in control 
of their natural resources. That's not going to happen. They're tired of that. So look for more of this in the news, and that's why you should be looking at it. Um, I've got uh, one here I want to talk about that um, I don't know if, if this is just for comedy purposes, uh, but me and Brian really do need to take a look at this because this this is real. I'm not – this is no joke, ladies and gentlemen, but like I said, it's really a laughing matter. But you do have to understand that zombies did come from the book of Revelation when God uh, gets so mad that the people being punished cannot die, and he orders Hades to flee from them. But this is the uh, headline, and this uh, this is kind of off the charts, but it is the truth. Uh, being prepared for zombies is now a real thing in Illinois. Now, this is straight from the General Assembly, uh, the General Assembly of Illinois, uh, HR 0030, whereas if the citizens of Illinois are prepared for zombies, they're prepared for any natural disaster. While a zombie apocalypse may never happen, the preparation for such an event is the same as any natural disaster. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking at this from an entertainment perspective, you didn't catch what they said. Because the entertainment industry displaces a zombie apocalypse as a supernatural event. They just called it quite natural. You can all laugh right now. But the Lord your God, he don't joke. What comes out of his mouth, that's what he means, and that's what he puts to task. And you all have to understand, there is coming a day when this exact thing will happen. He will get so furious that you will not be permitted to die. Uh, Brian, what's your thoughts on this uh, House Resolution 0030 uh, for the citizens of Illinois? Um, my, my, my main question to you is… Why would they want the citizens of Illinois to be uh, prepared for impending natural disasters? It, is it your thoughts that maybe they know something that we don't, or what's your thoughts on it? This is something we've seen them do continually over the years throughout varied places in the United States, holding drills and all of that. So I, – I, could be they know something we don't know, or look, disasters happen on a continual basis, and we're even seeing, you know, strings that have been happening with massive tornadoes uh, throughout the course of the last couple of weeks here. If I remember, Texas was hit by some really uh, nasty tornadoes here in the last week. Uh, you know, what else have we had going on in the news? We've had two great big asteroids over the course of the last two weeks that have been spotted. Um, with a massive explosion. As a matter of fact, there was a massive explosion somewhere the other night in the United States that at that point in time, they still had not figured out where that came from. So it just, it's all dependent on 
which angle, what's the reasoning behind why they're putting out these warnings and preparation phases, I don't know. I just find it rather strange that they would go to these links to try to get people prepared. Uh, because when you read the discourse of, of the the House bill, it's pretty clear that they're wanting their citizens to really uh, pull their bootstraps up and get ready uh, for something. Um, and that that has me kind of concerned. Um, it really does. Um, I didn't know if anybody knows this, but also we had uh, this past week Mount Etna uh, blowing off, and it was still shooting lava 36 hours later. And experts were warning that uh, this volcano here in eastern Sicily, if it blows its top, if it really wants to go catastrophic, uh, we could be in for some serious trouble or more importantly, Italy would be in serious trouble. Uh, so uh, please remember that the last major eruption of this was 1992. Uh, an explosion from the mountain destroyed the volcano's main lava tube. So it's created this plug uh, for lava. And uh, now that it's it's blown its top, uh, we don't know how much pressure is is there. But um, might want to keep your eye uh, on that, ladies and gentlemen, because we continue to have these we continue to have these volcanoes and earthquakes. Just it's just increasing, especially since 2010 when we first started. Um, it's literally gotten to be off the charts. Um, So much news to cover. It's just absolutely phenomenal how much how much we 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 need to cover. Um, there's been plenty of outbreaks uh, this past week too. Um, we have a bronchitis uh, outbreak at the Ultima encampment along the Turkish border, uh, which has got people really concerned. We also have a white spot outbreak in Queensland uh, on the farms. Uh, that could be very catastrophic, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and this one really bothered me when I seen it. Um, this is the headline. Um, Syphilis outbreak in NT. Massive doctors urge awareness in remote communities. Uh, the details of this article uh, from Australia is not even funny. Um, this is a direct quote. There's been a massive increase in the number of notifications of infectious, infectious syphilis among young Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who live in the remote communities, he said. And nobody is really got any answer for why this massive outbreak has taken place because you have to understand that the number of reported syphilis cases uh, increased 16 times there was only 14 cases in 2012 and there's 229 this year so something is going 
on without breaks. Um, this is strange, too, straight out of the headlines. Um, I didn't know anything about it until I got a news alert on this. But there's a measles outbreak continues to plague Switzerland. Um, you might want to take a look uh, at this, too. Because all of a sudden, we've had a massive spike in Switzerland uh, with measles. And once again, it has the experts scratching their head like, where is this coming from? Um, we also have more serious stuff on the plate. Uh, we have a Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever death reported in Onomoki region in Nambia. Uh, so here we go again. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ebola is raising its head, uh, and it's not a very pleasant head to be rearing itself up. So, Brian, these, these things continue to go on. Um, the plague out breaks. You know, it, it makes me think of that private conversation that we had last week. Uh, in relation to the 2,300 days. There's there's so many mathematical ways that this time that we're in right now is just not looking too well. Um, it's not looking too pleasant, uh, to say the least. So your thoughts on it, um, these, these plague outbreaks continue to happen. Um, the earthquakes, the volcanoes, the bird kills, the fish kills, it just goes on, and it's being ignored, and I find it just off the charts. So your thoughts on that and bring any other news up that you want to get a hold of before we go to the break? Well, let's see. We've had massive uh, warnings about avian flu outbreaks all over the place throughout the world. They've been just nonstop showing up. I've seen those reports coming out. Um, I remember we had, I think it was southeast Turkey, had a pretty large earthquake in the last week. There was one off the coast of Japan, I believe. And where else? I mean, I have, since you've been keeping an eye on all that end of things, I've more or less been focusing on everything that's been happening uh here in the news, and, um, you know, I think it was a little bit frustrating over the course of this last week because a uh, mass majority of the news has been flooded with, like, one or two stories, and that's all you'll see in a continual string is this, you know, entire Russian Trump fiasco. But I think while we had this massive distraction going on, there's actually been, from a prophetic standpoint, there's been some very, very major events that have been transpiring in the key places we're told to watch. And I personally want to save those for after the break as opposed to trying to slam through them right now and then coming back from the break and then standing there twiddling my thumbs. So I understand. Not not a problem. Let's let's talk about some space weather, ladies and gentlemen, because um this is important. Uh this came out this week. Uh, from space weather, when lower atmosphere waves invade the upper atmosphere. 
uh, a review of the literature shows that weather near or surface could produce up to 35% of the ionosphere's variability. Now, the thing that really got my attention uh, was when they start talking about gravity waves. Uh, but let me read just a little bit from this article. Uh, Concentric gravity waves created by thunderstorms in Texas. Uh, they were studying these. And it says here that gravity waves in particular are not well understood. They are caused by disturbances of airflow in the troposphere, such as a cold front or air moving over a mountain. These disturbances reach thinner air at higher altitudes. They grow in amplitude. Details like how gravity, gravity waves interact with other flows in the atmosphere or transfer momentum as they dissipate are difficult to study or simulate because they depend sensitivity on winds and temperature and can come into many sizes and from many sources. Between the effects of gravity waves, tides, and other waves, the lower atmosphere is a significant but not yet well-understood source of upper atmosphere variability. Future studies will need to simulate observations of both regions in order to understand the whole system. Ladies and gentlemen, this is very disturbing, this whole event when it brings up that it's actually electrodynamics in play. Let me cut. Brian, take over here for a second. Indeed. Well, you know what? Matthew threw something out there, and uh, let me pull this up quick, not to leave people hanging on that one. He brought up the uh, 2300 days, and you know, folks, I think it's kind of noteworthy to point out the fact that, well, 2,300 years ago and around 2022-2023 marks the death of Alexander the Great. And when you factor that in on top of it, let me see if I can pull that news story up. Unless I sent that on, no, I sent that one on Skype. So give me two seconds and I'll pull that one up because there's massive rumblings taking place in Macedonia, folks, just as if it's right on cue. Okay, here we go here. As it loads. NATO willing to see blood in streets of Macedonia for Greater Albania Project. The EU and NATO are putting pressure on Skajok to accept the demands of neighboring Tirana and change its constitution, which would have a destabilizing effect on the Republic of Macedonia. So, as I stated, folks, right on cue, all of a sudden, Macedonia is all over the news, and this is not the first time I've caught a story break out of there in the last week. There's major rumblings in that area. And this one goes into a bit of a deeper study on history that I don't exactly have all my facts bore to memory at the moment, but we had the war that took place out in the Balkans 
back in the, I believe it was in the 90s, that caused a whole lot of controversy and stirred up a lot of trouble out in uh, Macedonia. So, I don't know if we got you back here yet, Matthew, or not. Yeah, I can I can come back on real quick. Just off the charts, Brian, when you consider this increment of time that we talked about, this amazing uh, sequence of time of a, exactly 59 increments of 144 years dead panning right where we're at right now, plus or minus six years. And then, ladies and gentlemen, you think about it, that that prophecy of the 2,300 days centered around the rise of Alexander the Great, and nobody's going to debate that. Everybody knows that. And Brian sends me these, these calculations, and I'm just looking at it like, well, that's, that's right now. I mean, that's within the next, like I said, six years, plus or minus a few years, because we don't have exactly the date, but we're pretty close. And when you keep having multiple things come up like that, it starts to get your attention. Um, things going on in Macedonia, just, ladies and gentlemen, do you think the Lord, your God, is trying to get your attention? Because I think that's a mute point at, at this point. He's obviously trying to get our attention. With the Igar, with Macedonia, with everything in the news, it's, it's almost like he's trying to get our attention. If you have a biblical worldview... Not a religious worldview or not a theological worldview, but a biblical worldview. He's definitely trying to get your attention. And this article that I was reading from, ladies and gentlemen, just let me read this one. Just, just, this, just this sentence. Once the waves make it to the upper atmosphere, they can directly affect the temperature of the air. It's electrodynamics and even its molecular composition. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have a great day of he who sitteth upon the throne. Make no mistakes about it. Me and Brian are the ones that told you about this back in 2011 when they come out and announced that the interstellar wind had moved north across the ecliptic into the sign of the restrainer Ophiuchus. It was Brian and I that told you back in 2011, whether you like it or not, the troposphere has collapsed by 20%, and nobody's talking about it. And now it's causing real concerns, because every time we get a blast of interstellar wind, it supercharges the atmosphere down here closer to the surface. I mean, this, this article is real. Please look it up. When lower atmosphere waves invade the upper atmosphere, you, you need to look it up and take a serious look at it because this stuff is real and, well, 
I'm sure that everybody's realized we've been having weather chaos. By the way, that is that term is from the meteorological community. They're all agreeing that now we're into weather chaos. I mean, look at California. It goes from a drought to a deluge. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this is real. I just seen this article. I don't need to pull it up. I know it's way at the top of the feed, but I did post it. I think it was Thursday. At the South Pole, it was 63 degrees in an in Antarctica. Ladies and gentlemen, that, that's warmer than it was here where I'm at. We're having serious, serious issues with this weather chaos. And this entire article is trying to come out and explain to you why. They're just not reminding you that, by the way, the troposphere has collapsed by 20%. By the way, one side of the core has begun to crystallize. They're, they're not reminding you of that. You're supposed to put these articles together over the stretch of time that they've been releasing them. So, Brian, uh, we're up to the top of the hour. We're going to take a break. we got lots to cover after the break, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go off a little bit into Bible prophecy. We've got uh, several news articles that pertain directly to it. We'll talk about celestial somology a little bit, uh, some of the mechanics of creation, all kinds of stuff going on that is literally mind-boggling to me. So we will be um, right back after we uh, take a short break. Uh, I do hope that you uh, like uh, the break this time. It comes via special request. (laughs) Sit back. We'll be right back. Seven minutes, 37 seconds.
You're listening to the End Time Tribune, your go-to source for breaking news and current events pertaining to end time Bible prophecy. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the End Time Tribune. Uh, Brian and I is going to jump right back in here, get right back in full swing. I know that Brian said he had some stuff he wanted to uh, cover illicitly after the break. But I'm going to throw some things across your path. Um, in Idaho, we had a serious uh, bird kill this past week. Uh, it was released February 28th. 4,200 birds have died from avian cholera. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know that Brian mentioned the avian flu, but no, I said avian cholera. I didn't even know there was such a thing as avian cholera. 
But um, we've also had uh, a bird kill in Denver, uh, 30 ducks and geese. Uh, they say uh, was from waste. Of course, they're always going to say that. So we're not sure if that was a spill or not. But also on the financial front, I did want to cover this before I forgot about it. Because, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to see lines being drawn in the sand. Uh, this came out in the Financial Times this past week. Biblical ETFs cast out LGBT supporting companies. New York Stock Exchange listed funds back liberal trend of targeted investing. So U.S. Investment Group has launched two biblically responsible exchange-traded funds aimed at conservative evangelical Christians that explicitly exclude companies that participate or support in the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender lifestyle. Uh, so we're starting to see lines being drawn in the sand, and this is this is going to escalate. Um, there is two sides of this fence. Ladies and gentlemen, there is two sides to this fence. But um, I suggest you keep an eye uh, on this stuff. Uh, Bro, I want you to just jump right in here and do the news that you wanted to cover, but I wanted to get to those before I forgot about them. I didn't want to spend too much time on them. Just direct people's attention to keep an eye out for them because I, for one, had no idea there was any such thing as avian cholera. I mean, since when? But anyway... Jump in here, get at it, Bri. All right, just trying to pull up in order the string of uh, news stories here because stuff I had to bear to memory throughout the week, so I had to do a search for it. Previous to this, uh, this week... Um, on the 2nd of March, Israeli official Hamas, we know of your cooperation with ISIS in the Sinai. That's rather serious, folks. In context of Psalm 83, you might want to take note of that one. Libyan militias capture key oil ports and refineries. Islamist Benghazi defense militia hits Libya's biggest oil part and biggest refinery in sharp escalation of what? Warned to watch for this starting in March. Sharp escalation of civil war. Will Hezbollah join Palestinian factions in confrontation with Israel. That's where we have our little Lebanon sons a lot connection, folks. Yemen is all over the news, and the United States has massively upped its bombing on quote unquote Al Qaeda forces within Yemen while at the very same time we have massive warnings of famine taking place there. That's not not good, folks, in the slightest. See here, we talked about Macedonia before. Just put in a simple search in the search engine, and this is coming up all over the place. 
about the uh, massive repercussions of what's going on here in Macedonia at the moment. Let's see. Um, Bahrain uncovers 54 Iran-backed militants. Bahrain has uncovered 54-member Iranian-linked militant groups suspected of involvement in attacks on security forces, including organizing a prison break in January and seized automatic weapons. Bahrain uncovers terrorist cell, captures 25 members. Bahrain said on Saturday that it has uncovered what is called a terrorist cell and arrested 25 individuals so far with 16 others charged in absentia, Al Arabian News Channel has reported. ISIS expands into Afghanistan and Pakistan border, widening attacks. ISIS expansion poses new challenges for U.S. President Donald Trump as he vowed to totally destroy the rebel group. And, you know, folks, everybody, you got to understand the very moment that they began to be pushed out of Syria and Iraq, they've begun to spread all over the place. And one of the spots is going into Afghanistan and Pakistan. And, of course, we've seen massive attacks ramping up in Egypt. It's a fairly small cell that's inside of Egypt, yet the Egyptian military had to dispatch a fairly large force to try to deal with it, and it's not really going so well in their favor. Um, to continue on here, if you look further into this article, this one is also released from uh, Al Jazeera concerning ISIS expanding in Afghan-Pakistan areas. You'll take note that they're going into the Khorasan province. And as we pointed out quite some time ago, I think in the last probably two years, um, Khorasan is one of those spots where you're going to find the um, Pashtun tribes that, especially the ones that are tied in with uh, Ephraim. Okay, that one. And this article I haven't had time to quite pour over yet, but it was rather interesting as I did a little bit of a search on this one. comes out of JNS.org, Jewish News Service. Assyrian statehood preventing a rupture in Kurdish-American relations. So now we've got a twofold story sitting here in the news. We've got Assyria, their statehood, and folks, we've been warning you time and time again to keep an eye for the rise of the Medes, and that would be the people of Kurdistan or the Kurdish people. As you've seen, probably they're all over the place in the news with Turkey on a continual basis. Very strange things have been going on in this last week concerning Kurdistan with Turkey. At one point, they're having meetings with varied members from uh, the Kurdish people, flying their flag and everything else, and then they're turning around and accusing Germany of sending in a reporter that has Kurdish ties to stir up trouble in Turkey. So that whole circumstance between Turkey and the Kurdish people is just continuing to stay volatile and further ramping up we go along here. 
that's my uh, bit of a blurb there, Matthew, if you want to comment on some of those. Yeah, this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is really coming into play with this orchestration behind the scenes with the children of Lot. It's going to come full bore here very soon. All these rumblings of war are going somewhere. I mean, that's why uh, one of the headlines this week was off the charts concerning the the, uh, the kings of the east. Just so everybody knows, uh, China has announced that they have, in fact, created a quantum radar, which um, stealth technology, uh, it sees right through it. Uh, so they are really ramping up their defenses, um, and they're really coming into stark contrast with with what's going on. And they're starting to figure out how they could possibly detect a super wave that was inbound. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all realize uh, some of the things that are mentioned in the Scripture that is very important. Uh, we all know, I've talked about it, released videos on it, the simple fact there's going to be a sign in the heavens this year, September the 23rd, 2017. Let's talk about the one nobody else talks about. How about we do that? Then I saw another sign in heaven, great marvelous, seven angels who had the seven plagues, which are the last, because in them the wrath of God is finished. And I saw something like a sea of glass mixed with fire. Ladies and gentlemen, there's very few things uh, that this could actually be describing. But just so you know, the kings of the East are all over this. Um, This was released on March the 1st. How India uses recycled pipes to detect ferocious solar storms. I'm going to read just a little bit from here so you get a grasp of what's going on. What does a sensational scientific discovery about solar storm in the Earth's magnetic field have to do with old recycled pipes, which lay buried for more than a decade under a now-defunct gold mine in India? Almost everything. More than 3,700 such pipes are actually at the heart of the most significant scientific finding. A team of Indian and Japanese scientists recently published an internationally vetted paper which recorded the events that unfolded after a breach in the Earth's magnetic shield. That's past tense because this event happened last year, or 2015, I'm sorry, on June the 22nd. But, ladies and gentlemen, um, they have figured out a way to detect if a super Levitic event is coming inbound. Now, what on earth is it that John saw that looked like a sea of glass mixed with fire. I strongly suggest you all take a look at Dr. Paul Leviolette's research and how 
he proved it with chemical reactions and what that would look like as it propagated it through our solar system. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is all going toward the same place, what Brian's talking about. This can only go to war, all right? Let's, let's just talk about um, what's happening across just the United States. Okay, is everybody aware that electronics retailer H.H. Gred is, is closing 88 stores? They're cutting 1,500 jobs, okay? We also got the news this week, okay, that Hershey is cutting 2,000 jobs. Right on top of that, uh, we have Boeing cutting 1,800 jobs. Ladies and gentlemen, if you take a look, this is not going anywhere good. We have historical precedents for where this is going, and it's going to war. So we've also had massive news articles this week about Disney and this new Beauty and the Beast uh, containing a gay character, and everybody's on top of that as more lines are being drawn in the sand in this country between the Christian worldview and the gay worldview. Um, at the same time, we have articles like this coming out in direct relation to Zechariah chapter 1. Israeli leftists to vote on civil rebellion to protest the what they call the occupation of the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. These lines are going to start getting wider, and they're going to start getting wider, and they're going to start getting wider. But, ladies and gentlemen, we also uh, have things that I wanted to talk about. That's it, It's another one of those things when you ask yourself, is this science fiction or not? But I assure you it's not, because NASA has, in fact, proposed putting up a magnetic shield to protect Mars. Well, what I'm telling you is real, and this was released March the 2nd this year. Now, I'll put in some replies that was posted on the posts that I uh, did on the social networking site for this. I don't want to read all of it because some of it uh, pertains uh, to Pergamos in uh, the book of Revelation, but this is what I put. Maybe it is time for Obadiah 1-4 to come to pass. Though you rise as high as the eagle and though you set your nest between the stars... I will bring you down from there, declares Jehovah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a prophecy that must come true. It is going to happen because that's what God said. And you just have to realize that, that 
God's not asking our opinions. He's telling you exactly what's going to happen. And they absolutely intend to do this thing. Now, I hope you all understand that this brings Primus Numerous into play. Because it is in the book of Obadiah, the very last verse there, that you're told exactly who's going to ascend Mount Zion. It is the Moshe'in. Hebraically speaking, that's primus numerous. These things are could very well be in play. And I'm sure that everybody realizes that, what, we went to the moon in 1969 and we haven't gone back? Ladies and gentlemen, who knows what they've been doing and who know who knows how far they've gone, but why would you start releasing to the public because really they're only going to do this because of purchases. They know that you can track their purchases. And once you start building something that would be able to put up a magnetic field around an entire planet, you're not going to be able to hide that in the budget. Now, with that in mind, uh, me and Brian have talked with you all many times about this new type of shuttle that would just go up and it would be classified when it was coming back down. Really? And the American people didn't even bat an eye about it. Well, what do you mean it's classified when they're coming back and how long it can stay afloat? I mean… This came out this week, too, March 2nd, the very same day. Robotic spacecraft to the sun. Will NASA make this possible? Ladies and gentlemen, how could we design anything that could meander across the face of the sun? But that's exactly what they're intending to do. So... This is a direct quote from the article. We can't get to the very surface of the sun, but the mission will get close enough to answer three important questions about the sun's atmosphere, temperature, and surface. You would think that the farther away you get from the heat source, you would get colder. Why the atmosphere is hotter than the surface is a big puzzle. You did catch that, right? They just told you that the sun's surface is colder than the atmosphere. So who knows what they're doing, ladies and gentlemen? Who knows what they're doing? But one thing I want to put across to Brian right now and then I'll cover some celestial somology after that because we got big events coming up here pretty soon with the holidays. Brian, I'm just going to share with you a private conversation. I'm driving my daughter back uh from work so we're on the way home. It's a 40 minute drive. She's not feeling too well and I had to flu myself. Really quiet. And then I just blurt out, oh my goodness. So my daughter wants to know what I'm talking about. And 
I think we're going to talk about it right here, right now, because, ladies and gentlemen, didn't have a chance to talk with Brian before the broadcast. It is fairly well common knowledge, ladies and gentlemen, um, that the Great Pyramid represents and is encoded with the circle of the Earth. Okay? We have publications, okay? Uh, back in 1859, uh, with the Great Pyramid, why was it built? And who built it? Okay? We also had these ideas expanded upon by Smith in 1964 with the inheritance of the Great Pyramid. Now, recently, uh, there's been more people who do it. Uh, Tompkins, for instance, uh, wrote Secrets of the Great uh, Pyramid. Ladies and gentlemen, the Great Pyramid absolutely includes the diameter of the Earth, and proves that it is a globe, actually. Proves that. You can use the math there. And something's just in my gut, because, it, ladies and gentlemen, there's three pyramids at the Giza complex. Now, everybody knows that those are pretty good layout representation of Orion's belt, or Cygnus. But I've made mention of this before. My wife first had a dream in 1996 of there being two moons. And a government official uh, came and knocked at our door and brought my wife out on the front porch. Rachel thought it was strange because it was in the middle of the night. And this government official said, look there. And my wife looked up, yeah, okay, that's the moon. You got me up for that? And she turns around and points behind Rachel. Rachel turned around and was just flabbergasted. There were two moons in the sky. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody's did a whole lot of research on those two other pyramids that flank the Great Pyramid that is encoded with the circumference of the Earth. Now, I've got my own theories on this, but it didn't occur to me today to look there. I wonder if those two other pyramids would tell us exactly who's at play here. Brian, your thoughts on that, please. Because, like I said, this just came to me. I just realized that... And, ladies and gentlemen, it's also encoded into the Greco-Bible source code. God says this, that the moon is the faithful witness, that there is a verse there, that mentions also his advocate. And you can look this up. There's been all kinds of people having dreams of two moons. We played one here on this broadcast not too long ago from a Muslim woman that had seen the exact same thing. And you know what? There's no question in my mind, ladies and gentlemen, that if I put Brian to task and told him to look into it, there's no doubt in my mind he would yield results concerning these two smaller pyramids. But your thoughts on this, Brian, and I'm sorry for dropping this on your head at the last minute, but I didn't have a chance to talk with you before. So what's your thoughts about these other two pyramids that flank the Great Pyramid? Well, I'd say it's not an area I've went too deeply into I've done a lot of work looking over varied measurements within the Great Pyramid and how it 
ties itself into time. And we could have a couple of implications here. I mean, the first thing that kind of comes to mind here over the course, especially some stuff I've been working through over the last week, it just, you know, kind of reminds me with those two pyramids there, the symbolic representations that are tied in with the uh, Egyptian look at the afterlife and so forth. I would suspect that there's probable and possible connections there, yet this could go even deeper. I mean, one of the biggest things that comes to mind, first out and foremost, when you bring up, quote-unquote, two moons, think about the ramifications that would have on the planet's axis alone. That would cause quite a, how would you say it, wobbling Isaiah 24 event. I don't know if I agree with you there, Brian. Um, it seems like to me the opposite might be true. Um, how do I put that? Um, I'm sorry, Brian. I'm not. I'm not meaning to just just pause out on you, but once we get kicked off our axis. The reason why we're going to wobble and stagger, ladies and gentlemen, is because our equatorial bulge will be in the wrong place. Okay? So when we start spinning somewhere else, that equatorial bulge has to get to the right spot. And it would seem to me the best way to stabilize the Earth after that event would be to put Two moons in place, thereby creating a balanced gyro effect. Now, ladies and gentlemen, in order for a gyro to work, it must be balanced. It must be. So, I don't... I don't know, Brian. Um, it, it would seem to me. Now, I'm not trying to counter you. Uh, I'm just saying that that it seems like to me uh, that it would do have the exact opposite effect. Because remember, ladies and gentlemen, this can't happen all at once. Your equatorial bulge cannot go to the right place at once, or we will fly apart. We'll fly apart. So, this has always troubled me, um, ladies and gentlemen, but this is true. God calls the faithful witness the moon. Okay? And it kind of doesn't make any sense when you look at Job uh, 16, verse 19. Even now, behold, my witness is in heaven. And my advocate is on high. That's what it says in the Hebrew. Okay? The Greco Bible source code says, Even now, behold, my witness is in the heaven, and he who hath perfect knowledge of me is on high. Ladies and gentlemen, if you take a look into the heavens and you actually uh, do your research on the Nice model and Jupiter's Grand Tack 
and you start looking for another representation in the heavens of what that could be, I strongly you suggest that you look at Europa, because it's almost identical to the faithful witness. So, I mean, the Lord Jesus Christ said, you will see the sign of the Son of Man coming. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter where you go in history or location on this planet. That's always been Jupiter, and they've already mathematically proven that this has happened before. So, uh, with all this in play, Brian, I I'm not – I don't know. Am, am I crazy, or do you think it's possible that God could stabilize – our orbit if there were two moons in place. Your your thoughts on that, or, or am I nuts? Please, say I'm nuts if I'm nuts. Well, that is the very thing I was just thinking about when you were bringing that up, is slingshot effect uh, when we have the super wave fly out. You know, the effect on Jupiter, are we going to see one of its moons come flying across, you know, directly at us as this takes place. So that is a possibility. It's just, you know, looking at the Nice model, how it disrupted things in the past, it'd be rather interesting to see, or, well, I guess, yeah, interesting to see how it turns out the next time around. Yeah, I agree, because I don't know, maybe maybe I'm nuts, but I do believe the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I believe it. There's no joke to that. Um, I absolutely believe it, and most of what it says, I don't like. And that's the truth. But Brian mentions the Nice model, and you've got to understand what they've already proven happens before Jupiter does its grand tech. That's Neptune and Uranus has got to swap. And I've already said that that's encoded in the Bible source code with the seven churches because one of those planets is going to get its crown back. And I'm pretty sure that crown is Pluto and Charon. Now, please look it up. Uh, uh, one of those planets... And Pluto, they cross paths. And if Neptune and Uranus swatch places, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, needless to say, once you get into the source text for the Bible, God's holy word, he will blow your mind with what he has to say. But we've got this coming up on Purim, ladies and gentlemen, because let's just take note of this, okay? On Purim this year, we have two comets at their brightest. Uh, that is uh, 37P. It reaches its brightest. Okay? This takes place in the sign of Primus Resurrectorate. It takes place in the sign of the Capricious Suns in Copernicus. At the same exact time in the heavens, you look right over to... Uh, the constellation right there in the same field of vision. Of course, the constellation of the 153 fish 
right there at the same exact time, Comet P2 is at its brightest. Only there's something else you should know. Neptune is right there between them. This is happening on Purim. Now, why would the Lord our God be wanting Neptune to be parenthesized this year, 2017? I don't know. I haven't spent a lot of time looking at it. But there's no reason for me to doubt something is definitely going on for Purim. So, I'm, I'm, it's too bad we're down to the last eight minutes of this broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe I will spend some more time on it uh, looking, but I wanted to talk about this too, and I didn't get a chance to. AI scientists gather to plot doomsday scenarios. This come out in Blomberg this week. Brian has brought to your, uh, this to your attention many, many, many times about the AI and what's going on. We're also being told, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, these crystals at the Earth's core is actually powering the magnetic field. Um, but I've really ran out of time to spend too much time on those topics. But um, I did want to say this again. Antarctica reached a record high temperature at a balmy 63.5 degrees Fahrenheit this week. Ladies and gentlemen, that's warmer than it was here. Ladies and gentlemen, something is terribly wrong. I don't know what the celestial scapegoat's going to do. But I do know my history, and I do know that right before 70 A.D., the scapegoat would return back to the priest, and its cord around its neck would still be scarlet. I know what that meant for them. We all do. It's documented history. Brian, your thoughts? Um, we're down to six minutes now, bud. Okay, six minutes. I'm showing 20 minutes here, so I don't know why you're getting a different really? time. Well, yeah. let me check again. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> my my wow. laptop is off. I guess we got 18 minutes left because we've – yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry about that. Uh, well, I'm just sitting here um, looking over something else at the same time. But, yeah, I mean, we've talked about that for multiple weeks on end here now that there have been massive reports that at Antarctica it is completely warming, something fierce sitting at 65 degrees this week. Yeah, as if that is normal. And on top of what we had reports that Siberia has gotten colder. Throughout the week, we've seen snow turning up in some very strange places. Um, there's been spots throughout the Middle East where it's been killing tons of people as snow is coming into areas where it's never been before. Well, at least in 
our recorded history. So that is definitely, you know, one of the rather alarming things that has shown up throughout the week. And I was going to get your take on uh, one moment here. I, I'm already on top of it. Uh, it's already what I'm trying to sift through here as is. Um, yes, we had a temple that was discovered Islamic State's uh, looting uncovers ancient palace beneath Jonah's tomb. And you're going to notice uh, a little hesitant to go from the article that you're quoting from because of the fact that they quote her from breaking Israel news. So um, that one, I'm sorry, but I'm going to X off. People stay away from that site. It is absolute garbage. We've warned about that time and time again. This one is directly out of the Times of Israel. Islamic State looting uncovers ancient palace beneath Jonah's tomb. Archaeologists in Iraq find residents of biblical kings Sennacherib and Esheradan in Islamic State dug tunnels beneath ruined shrine, according to reports. Archaeologists in Iraq say they have made an unexpected discovery under a site destroyed by the Islamic State, traditionally thought to hold the tomb of the biblical prophet Jonah. Under a mound covering the ancient city of Nineveh beneath a shrine destroyed by Islamic State, they found a previously undiscovered palace built in the 7th century B.C. for the biblical king Sennacherib and renovated by his son Esheradon. The Nabi Yunus shrine in Mosul, which was built on the reputed burial site of the prophet known in the Quran as Yunus and in the Bible as Jonah, was a popular pilgrimage site. That, once again, how many times is it now, for Pete's sakes, it's getting to the point where it's ridiculous. We've had continual, repeated stories on a nonstop basis here, stretching back to last year, about artifacts being found that are related to Hezekiah. And then, lo and behold, all of a sudden we get slapped right upside the head this week as they find a tomb linked to... Sennacherib and Esheradon. This is getting to the point where you almost have to be blind not to see the fact that this is being highlighted over and over and over again. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's screaming to try to get our attention uh, on more than one front, Brian. Uh, why on earth would there be a how could it be possible that Sennacherib could be anywhere remotely tied to this just absolutely off the charts they would find this and This being tied directly to Jonah is also off the charts, ladies and gentlemen, because we do have the sign of Jonah to contend with, and on top of that, oh my goodness, that just made my stomach turn sour. I just realized what I just said. Ladies and gentlemen, me and Brian have been having discussions here last week that 
I don't even want to talk about. I don't. I'm not going to. Me and Brian don't know what to do with the information we've been given. The information, but I don't know what the information would be for. But we do have uh, the mention of those of Nineveh rising up and accusing this generation. So when we talk about the sign of Jonah, this this is important. This is really coming down the barrel. So Brian, you know, thinking back over that conversation that we had, I'm just it just bothers me. Um what could possibly be going on behind the scenes here. And they're, of course, not telling us now. Uh, the one article uh, that I got from the Telegraph, it didn't say... Um, it implied that they'd probably stolen most of the artifacts. But it calls it... This is uh, dr- uh, directly from a correspondent on... Uh, February the 28th, he said uh, that this was it was an opportunity to finally map the treasure house of the world's greatest, the world's first greatest empire from the period of its greatest success. What did they find down there that was Sennacherib's? Did they actually, well, I don't want to go too far. But it's pretty obvious from what this correspondent for the Telegraph relayed. It was off the charts what they found. The news is just in a turmoil if you know where to look. Everything's edging closer to the end, it seems like to me. It seems like to me that somebody's behind the scenes playing chess at everybody else's expense. So what it seems like to me, and ladies and gentlemen, just try to comprehend that NASA came out this week and said they want to put a magnetic shield up around Mars. That's just crazy off the charts. You know, this thing with the Palestinians too, a Palestinian diaspora. This is going to get ugly. And it was held under the protectorate of the deep state for a reason. That tells me there's one person involved. And I think everybody else knows it. I think the world leaders know it. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, why would we have multiple appointments to our federal government's positions done from Trump Tower? That's not kosher. Under any stretch of the imagination, that's not kosher. We have signs in the heavens on Purim magnifying Neptune. What What is that all about? Of course, I could calculate it and see exactly 
what star will stand over the foundation stone at that very moment. I haven't done so yet. That takes more than a few computations, believe me. It just bothers me that everybody that could be doing something um, are busy praising Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, it makes me wonder how many of you uh, know your church history. It really does make me wonder because this is one of the pinnacles of even being a Christian. It, it, it really is. Um, all of you should know about glory to God alone. It's in your church history. I mean, there, there's some things laid down for us in history that beyond any shadow of a doubt makes you or breaks you as being categorized as a Christian. And one of them most definitely is glory to God alone. You shouldn't be praising anybody but him or his son. It just bothers me that they're all been preoccupied with this POTUS we now have. And you know Brian and I's stance on it. Uh, he was put in a place just like the last one was, just one like the one before that. God's the one that sets up. So whether anybody likes it or not, um, Barack Obama was certainly set into place by the Lord your God. That's what he said. Your personal opinions about it really don't have much weight with what God himself says that he's the one that sets up rulers. Nobody else does, just him. So, Brian, your thoughts on that, I guess. Well, I mean, the first, foremost, point out, and I love how everybody around here locally is just completely looks the other way when it's brought up, but he stated flat out at the prayer breakfast in broad daylight that people were giving him words of worship. Now, folks, the very moment that you heard him say that, you should have been appalled. Yeah, nobody here sees that as a problem. Well, I do see that as a problem. And to further make matters worse, what we've seen going on here on American soil has been absolutely ridiculous. Last week, I believe it was, we had two men from India that were shot by a man that later fled to a bar and stated, I've just shot two people of Middle Eastern descent. We just had a reporting that came into the news today that I caught earlier this morning where a um, Sikh, S-I-K-H, it's a belief system that you'll find throughout India and Afghanistan and Pakistan and so forth, was shot here in the United States and 
the words that immediately came out of his mouth were, go home. You don't belong here. And this type of hatred, it was building prior to the election, but the moment the election was won, it was amplified a thousandfold. And I got very irritated with someone that I was a little bit close to over the course of the last few years, had continued to post that all these different varied racial attacks that were happening against people with this terminology of go home, you're not welcome here, was nothing but a bunch of fake reports when while it was happening, video, documentation, because everybody has cell phones nowadays, folks, of literally hundreds upon hundreds of reports were coming forward. We have this continual divide that I keep seeing here on a nonstop basis, and it's got to the point where I've just gotten fed up with it about, quote-unquote, the Democrats and the liberals and blah, 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 as if they've been put now on top of the podium of our listed enemies as we speak, because in this day and age, it seems that on a continual basis, somebody has to be demonized Forever on end. We go with the big list here. We've got the Russians and we've got the Muslims. Now we've got the Democrats on the list and we just keep building into more and more hatred folk. And I'm sorry, but before you get caught up in that and continue to move forward in your crusading, stop and ask yourself for a moment whose image were every single one of these human beings created in? You would best remember that first and foremost before you go off crusading. If you cannot bring to your mind that these are human beings just like you, and you cannot treat them decently, then maybe you best check yourself. Amen, Brian. Amen, Brian. You know, we talked a little bit last week, or maybe it was a week before that, the simple fact that you're supposed to... uh, Bring sojourners to the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's how he produces the children of the promise. Just so you know. Well, Brian, we're at the end of this broadcast. That is it for us this week, ladies and gentlemen. As far as I'm concerned, God bless, God speed. Brian, say your goodbyes. Thanks for joining us, folks. God bless.